1: Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick.
0: And I'm Julia. And
1: today we're talking about Minute 54, which begins with a red station wagon driving through countryside, and it ends with Max and Jesse stopping by a river. So we start with the opening shot of the car driving through the countryside. Yes. And I just called it a station wagon, and... I did that because in my notes, prepping all of these minutes, that's what I called it. But I went on the vehicle page for MadMaxMovies.com. Uh-huh. And I found out the exact year and make of this vehicle. The car that they're driving is a 1975 Holden H.J. Sandman. Apparently, the HJ line was only made from 1974 to 1976, but according to the website, these cars had all of the options and were top of the range. Interesting thing about this one specifically, though, is that the front end has been replaced with the front end from a statesman, because originally the vans would have had twin headlight fronts. So it's not a station wagon, it's a van, and you can tell that it's really a van instead of a station wagon, because it really only has two seats in the front, and the back is just completely open. There's no back seat. There's no fold down rear seat. It's just them up front, an opening, and then just empty space. Okay. Like plenty of space for camping gear, clothes, baby, dog, you know. Okay. We assume the baby's back there. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. There are going to be multiple times in this minute and the minutes that follow. I mean,
0: we see the baby in the car at times, so we know that you know, he's hanging out back there, yeah, but...
1: We, we know he. they brought him along. <laughs> There's just very right. little evidence of it until, I think, like, next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're out on vacation and driving down the road. We get some lovely POV shots of them driving down the highway.
0: So in this shot, they're driving down the middle of the road. Right. And I'm curious... When you are on a similar road, nice and straight, nice and open, nice and empty, do you make sure to drive on the correct side of the road, or do you just drive wherever you feel like?
1: So when I was out in the high desert of Nevada, driving three, four hours between places, there are times where you can see miles, miles. down the road. And you the know exactly... 14
0: miles away, right? I wouldn't know. Okay.
1: Um, But you can see for a long while and you can know for sure when someone is coming at you. So if you're all alone on the road, yeah, you can ride right in the middle. I don't think I ever did just because I'm so used to driving around other people Mm -hmm. that I would always stick to my side of the road. But for all intents and purposes, if you are alone on a highway and it's nice and flat, there's no rolling hills or anything like that.
0: Yeah, there's really no reason to stick to your side. Exactly. trying to remember back to the last time I was on a road like that. I think, okay, so the last time that I was on a road like that, I was probably only like 21 or 22. So I remember specifically driving on the other side of the road to see what it felt like. Because I could, because I knew there was nobody coming and I knew it was safe. So I drove on the left side of the road because I could.
1: You just wanted to get a taste of... How the Australians and the English live? Yeah. All right.
0: Wait, and okay, this is going to be a dumb question. I know that we've settled the issue of what side of the car Australians drive on, but what side of the road do Australians drive on? I know. It's kind of a hard question to answer based on this movie. It would be a really easy Google search, but I don't have my phone. So, because um, most of the time in this movie, there's only one or two cars on the road, period. Yeah. They're usually like chasing each other. So...
1: I don't think we've seen a normal traffic situation. Right. Because, okay, so the movie opened with a car chase. So they're going to be all over the road anyway. When we see in Civilization the caravan that's turning around, like they're turning around. That's not a normal situation. Right. So maybe they were driving on the left side based on where the steering wheels are. And were just kind of swooping around to the right side of the road in order to turn. Right. You know, they wanted to get that maximum turnus. Do
0: you have your phone on you?
1: Uh, no, my phone's downstairs. Oh, okay. We when we see the blue van, it's coming out of a complex. There's no dividing line for things there. Um, I just can't think of a situation like even when Goose was leaving the the Sugartown Cabaret, that was a one way street,
0: right? Okay, listeners, we need you to answer this for us. What side of the road do Australians drive on?
1: I'm gonna vote left.
0: Okay, so you think they're they're in the car, they drive on the right, but on the road they drive on the left.
1: Right, because when your exactly steering opposite wheel of us, when your steering the wheel car, is on the right side on of the car, the left,
0: and we drive on the right side of the road. Correct. Okay, so that we're still like the driver is next to the middle line. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just we don't see. Well, normal I know traffic there's no situations. examples in this movie. Yeah. Okay.
1: So us being always driving on the right, we would always think that everybody drives on the right. But all of their steering wheels are on the right, so of course they're going to drive on the left. It's an interesting thing to bring up. And of course, in this scene, they're driving down the dead center of the road. So yeah, that doesn't really help not helpful. But we do see all of the steering wheels are on the right side because we get from the POV shot of the road inside the car to Max and Jesse in the front seat. Yes. And it looked... To me, like Max was singing something, mm-hmm. just the way his mouth was moving. And it didn't necessarily look like Jesse was singing along, but she was probably just enjoying it. I'm no lip reader, so I, I don't know what he was singing. It was probably not the same song that Goose was singing because he wasn't throwing a bunch of unnecessary L's in there. <laughs> and really, in this whole montage, we only get the soundtrack, which is Jesse's theme. Yes. So he could have been could have been singing anything.
0: Yeah. So in this scene we also see Max is clearly fake driving.
1: Right. He's doing that thing where he moves his hands too much.
0: Yes. Like that's not how you drive. And uh but on the other hand, he's doing a really good job of keeping his eyes on the road.
1: hmm Yeah, that's a major pet peeve of mine when someone yes. is driving in a movie and they don't And look they at the never
0: road. look at the road, which we've seen before in this movie, and I believe we've noticed it, noted it before. So he's doing an excellent job here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And I also noticed, I just, this is, I think, the best we've seen of Max and Jesse thus far. Mm -hmm. They're relaxed, they're happy, they're laughing and joking and singing, and it's just so normal. Right. And happy normal.
1: And I think they're most happy normal because they don't have to worry about Max's job at all. A lot of the tension in their relationship stems directly from Max's chosen profession. I think so. And it's nice because we don't get any of the dispatch radio or anything like that sneaking in. We're completely free of that for the next 20 minutes or so, I think it is. All right. Yeah, just about.
0: Good, like a vacation.
1: Exactly. Maybe a whole month for us. (laughs) So after they've been driving for a while, they stop on the side of the road and they buy a dog, which is a thing.
0: I guess so. It seems strange to me. I was wondering if this is a a country thing or is it an australian thing or if it or is it a society going downhill thing that you can just stop on the side of the road and buy a dog from a guy who frankly looks like a dog walker
1: so i think it's more of a combination of the country and everything going downhill thing yeah because i mean here in our neck of the woods in this day and age if you want a dog you've got to go to the pound you got to get all of its shots and pay the licensing fees and things like that
0: it's not really that easy to buy a dog anymore
1: yeah and i mean back in the day you know you could have some guy with it looks like he has like five or six dogs Mm -hmm. and he just he can just sell one yeah but you see things on websites like craigslist and you know public posting sites about hey we had a litter of puppies and you know if you want one come get one type of thing yeah and i think that's very much in the vein of this
0: yeah you think it was just like posted on the fence dogs for sale
1: yeah i mean because how else would
0: they have known
1: you gotta make it. Hey, money a somehow. guy
0: with dogs let's go buy one yeah why would anybody think that but it would make sense if there was like a sign like on instead the fence. of selling
1: lemonade he's selling dogs he's
0: selling dogs
1: um Funny thing about wandering around selling dogs is there is a random encounter you can have in Fallout 4, which is set in our neck of the woods around uh, irradiated Boston, and a guy will come up to you and be like, hey, do you want to buy a dog?
0: (laughs) And you can buy
1: a dog from this guy just wandering around.
0: So maybe they were already stopped to take a break, and Guy wandered up and said, hey, you'll want to buy a dog.
1: Yeah, it's probably he was sitting on the side of the road with a sign. Yeah. That said, dogs for sale. Yeah. And of course, you know, they stopped and bought one, because, yeah. you know, Max seems like a, bo- a dog kind of guy.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think they both seem like dog people.
1: Yeah, they don't seem like cat people to me.
0: And they certainly don't seem like baby people. <laughs>
1: okay somewhere we are
0: never gonna let this go there
1: is a baby somewhere i am sure of it because we see him in a later minute next week we're gonna see sprog yes somewhere there is a baby in this scene
0: something else interesting is the weather change Mm -hmm. they're both max is wearing like a long overcoat doesn't look particularly heavy but warm it Looks like wool, but it's yeah. long. And Jesse is wrapped up in a wool blanket, and it's very windy. Uh, and then later on, in this minute and the next, Their clothing makes it look like it's very warm out.
1: Yeah, so it seems like this little road trip, this little montage we're seeing, takes place over either a longer period or it's just one of those days. Yeah. As far as weather is concerned. Um, Now, I know when we were going over our notes before we started recording, you rolled your eyes, but I do have an IMDb top four for this dog seller.
0: Yep, go for it.
1: So, he is credited as man-selling dog on IMDb. Um, Mad Max is his top rating, and... (laughs) His his next three, uh, in 2007, he was in a movie called Romulus, My Father, where he played a priest. In 2006, he was in The Cow Thief, where he played father. In 1980, he was in a low-budget movie called Hard Knocks, where he played Munch. So, John Arnold started acting... Or at least, he started getting acting credits in 1977, and his career spans all the way to 2013, where he racked up over 40 acting credits.
0: Is he still alive?
1: You know, it's funny, because sometimes IMDb will tell you, yes, they're still alive, no, here's their death date. For John Arnold, they didn't say anything. Okay. Because 2013 is fairly recent.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that he's still doing things into 2013, because he seems like an old man. Mm-hmm. In 1977, when he did Mad Max.
1: Yeah. And I mean, his more recent roles, 2006, 2007, he plays old characters. Yeah, And I mean, he he was no spring chicken in this movie either. Yeah. Um, As far as television is concerned, he was in six episodes of Neighbors in 1998. And um, he was in seven episodes of Prisoner Cell Block H, um, right around the time that Mad Max came out. So, TV and film actor... Just playing the nameless, non-speaking dog seller on the side of the road.
0: I feel like we've had a lot of those type of actors. Mm -hmm. That they go on to do a lot. Yes, a lot of small stuff. Mm -hmm. Whoever keeps busy pays the bills.
1: Exactly, exactly. Besides, they pulled a lot of their their crew from that vein of production mm mm-hmm. that whole tv type of thing so it makes sense that they would pull in actors too so we kind of pull out from them buying the dog to get kind of like a wider shot of the landscape and
0: and there's a bp refinery
1: it's either a refinery or a storage plant or something like that. It's like a big yeah, tank. Yeah,
0: there's a big tank, but then there's also like a spread of buildings around it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And uh, interestingly, it's the exact same logo that they use today. Is it?
1: Like it so. was like I a mean, shield with the B Honestly, I didn't look
0: it up. So I don't know that, but I think it is. Yeah, the green, the sh- let well see now. I can't even remember what, set, what it looks like.
1: The British Petroleum logo? Yeah. Let me
0: Alright, we're gonna look it up.
1: Cause we can. British petroleum Oh so,
0: no, they did switch the logo because that's not the logo. it's the shield logo that's on the uh that's on the tank thingy Majigger.
1: So It is the nineteen yeah. seventies logo. Yes. For sure. Yes. Over the the years, they have transferred out from the green shield with the letters to like this kind of Flower? Sunflowery shape, which is funny because they're still a petroleum company. Either way, I just find it interesting that they just happen to be filming in front of a building owned by a petroleum company when gas is such a central theme to the movies going down the the series here.
0: Yes. And something that we'll obviously explore more in the next movie uh, with Road Warrior when the theme of gasoline is so... It is the theme. Uh... With the the gas shortages of the day, we'll get into that. But oh, for sure. Yeah, there were, I mean, I don't know the exact years of like the gas rationing, but I think we're kind of getting into that with like 1979. It's kind of starting. Mm. Well, yeah, we'll figure that all out when we do Road Warrior.
1: Yeah, because there's going to be plenty of time in that first five minutes where we've got opening credits and then we've got the opening narration where it kind of details how everything fell apart. Yep. That we can talk plenty about that. Yes. But meanwhile, we're getting back into the movie. Yes. Um,
0: Oh, to the window.
1: Yep. Because we transitioned from them buying the dog on the side of the road to them parked on the side of the road. And we do that by slowly doing a tracking shot across the back window of the van. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like this blue alien planet looking thing. And it's got like a starship that's like either taken off or coming in for a landing, but it is the most rad thing I've seen all day. Yes. For sure.
0: <laughs> it's pretty amazing.
1: Like when you think of like 1960s or 70s sci-fi pop imagery, like this is it. And oh, I'm yeah. actually really disappointed that MadMaxMovies.com didn't have any information about the artist because that's the kind of thing that you'd want to know when you're looking at a piece of art like that. Like, who, who did that? Was it a member of the crew? Was it how they bought it? Because it looks just spacey and way cool.
0: Yeah, it does look pretty
1: awesome. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of, like, Flash Gordon or one of those other pulpy sci-fi things that were coming around that time. But as we dolly past the van we can see max and jesse are off in the middle of the field and they're kind of running towards pretty sure it's the river Mm -hmm. that we see them in a few moments from now but max is carrying a bunch of stuff and jesse looks like she's carrying a bunch of stuff and max drops his stuff to kind of tackle her or something like that and uh still no baby
0: no baby still no
1: (laughs) sprag um going down to swim in a river seems like an activity You know, longer than just, hey, we put the kid down for a nap. Let's go swimming. Like, there's, like, where is the baby? Where is he?
0: Okay, at any given time.
1: Why has no one checked on the children?
0: (laughs) At any given time, you can have, you can use the explanation of that Sprog is taking a nap. But there have been enough times, like, consistently that we don't see him around or we see Max and Jesse off doing something else He just doesn't sleep that much.
1: Right. He's not a newborn.
0: Right. He's not sleeping 20 hours a day, which is like the sense that we're getting, that he sleeps all the time. Mm -hmm. So, no. And we actually kind of came up with an an idea on why this is. That having a one-year-old on set was probably not the most convenient thing. Yeah. I'm sure that there were all sorts of extra things that they had to do to have... That child on set acting on camera. So they kept it to a minimum and, you know, chose which scenes he was important in and which not.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I bet they probably tried filming different things involving Sprague and maybe it just didn't work out or maybe the actor wasn't cooperating that day. Babies. Infants are such prima donnas. (laughs) But
0: Uh, so leaving
1: the whole idea of... Where is the baby behind? Yeah. They get down to the river and they're, you know, Max has got this rope swing. And there was no dialogue in this montage, but the I only, kind of,
0: Like, the only sound that wasn't the music <laughs> was Max doing this Tarzan yell. Yeah,
1: I got desperate. So under the dialogue column on my notes, like, I have Max doing his jungle man scream. Yeah. And he swings out over the water and, like, drops down and Jesse says, yay! <laughs>
0: Okay, so Jesse saying yay and she claps for him too. is very clear that he is submerged when she does that. Yeah. So he doesn't know that she cheered him on because he jumped good in the river.
1: How dare she yeah. not perfectly time her How cheering and clapping? How dare she? You know, it's that type of careless uh, wifing <laughs> that'll get you run over by a by a motorcycle gang. Yes.
0: It all stems from this moment. She deserves it.
1: If she had only waited for him to come out of the water... And then cheered him on. You know, nothing bad would have happened for the rest of the movie. Right. This is the catalyst moment that we've been waiting for. No milkshakes. No, you know, goose dying. Nope, it's this moment. this moment. Right here that everything Peters on.
0: Okay, I know that you said we were done with the Sprog thing for this episode, but just one more little thing is that if you look on the blanket at the picnic site... There are like stuffed animals and stuff. Yeah,
1: there are kid toys. Yes. And there's so... no kid to play with them. Like what I, will... I don't I don't even
0: I will buy that it was hard having a child on set and that's why we don't see him very often. But then why bother set dressing that picnic scene mm-hmm. with things for children?
1: Yeah. And just it's like leave
0: them out, like yeah, just leave them off.
1: And the edge of the river where they were sitting, it's not like it was that flat. It was pretty angled. And if you tried to put yes. an 18 month year old, 18 month year old, <laughs> if you try to put a toddler on that hill, they're going to roll down into the, the lake right. or pond or and river we, or whatever it was. We
0: see later on that they are comfortable as parents. Well, clearly they're very comfortable with how, you know, with the safety of Sprog, <laughs> but he's sitting on like a blanket in the grass under a tree And he's just hanging out there. And they're fine with that. And he's fine with that. So we see their attitude towards just leaving him on a blanket. But this blanket in the picnic scene by the river, it's, yeah, it's like sloping down to the river. It's not the sort of place where you can just leave your kid and trust that he's not going to roll down into the water.
1: Right, right. You can't just not pay attention to it. Right.
0: But that's okay because he's not there. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, now we're done.
1: Now we're done talking about Sprague.
0: For this episode.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, and I guess it makes sense in the long run not to have him there. Because after they're done swimming, you know, they lay on the side of the river and mm-hmm. they have their little, you know, chat. Well, Max talks. Max chats. Yeah.
0: Jesse hasn't had a line since Crazy you,
1: Yeah.
0: Like a really long time ago. <laughs> and we go all of tomorrow and Monday And she still doesn't have a line, I think, until Tuesday.
1: Technically, she goes, yay!
0: Yeah, but it's kind of like, if a tree falls in the woods, (laughs) does anybody hear it? Kind of thing. If the person you're cheering is submerged underwater, (laughs) does it really count that you cheered?
1: Oh, that's awful. No!
0: The answer is no.
1: Awful. Yeah, I'm scrolling back through my notes, and... Yeah, Jessie has not had a line mm-hmm. in a long time. Yep. But that's okay. Once they get to the mechanic, yes. she'll, she'll have and
0: something to say. side note on that, that she hasn't had a line. It's not that she hasn't done much. She's actually done a lot. And she will continue in the next minute and the minute after that to do a lot. She just does it non-verbally. Right. Which is an overarching theme of this movie is non-verbal communication.
1: Mm, very true. Very true. So, like I said, we go from them swimming to them laying on the side of the river. But really, that's all in the next minute. Yeah. So we'll shelf that for now. Come back to it tomorrow. And in the meantime, our website is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MadMaxMinute.
0: Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 54. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and leather men Take me to the end of the dream
1: Hold on tight so it's Shawfield